At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. All right, Scott Sprites are in studio with me. Hour number two tonight as we preview NFL week number one. And uh, Scott, you got a pro tip for everybody out there. I hate pro tips, you know? Ask me about a game. No, I'm just going to say this. Next week, we're going to be talking a lot about don't overreact to uh, what you see in week one of the NFL, but what's your pro tip as far as uh, approaching week one? Well, I'll say as far as approaching week one. Let me tell you, I've got three bets in the NFL for week Mm -hmm. one. That's it. I've got three sides. I've got no totals uh, for NFL week one. And that's the best thing I can say is discipline, discipline, discipline. These numbers have been bet into so much since May that you're not getting the best potential line in, in all likelihood for teams that you may have been looking to play. Now, in some instances, the line's move enough uh, the other way where you can jump in. But discipline with a capital D. I got a good friend, Matt. I don't know if you've ever met him. All he's done for 40 years has been bet games for a living, and his name is Sean Hess. Mm-hmm. He's 82 years old now. And 27, 28 years ago, when I was in my 20s, uh, he gave me some great information one day. And this is a very smart, very smart guy who, forgive the grammar, he all said, just like he did, he goes, nobody know nothing about nothing in week one. Now, that's exaggerated a little bit, but uh-huh. it makes a lot of sense. Just like today, we saw these crazy upsets. So my thing is discipline. You don't got to bet every game on the board. Keep it to two or three. That's what I'm doing. I can handle an 0-3. I can't handle an 0-6, mm-hmm. you know, out of the blocks. Then you start doubting everything you're doing. So that's my best pro tip that I can think of for week one. I think that's solid. I thought you were going to say bet every game on the board and play like five or six different parlays. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, that's good advice from you. All right, let's go to Will Hill. 
VSIN handicapper. Follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill. Always great to see you, buddy. And I know you made a very smart bet, like a pro, over the summer. You took the points with the Carolina Panthers, and you got a good number against the Browns. How do you feel about that going into Week One and the Baker Mayfield Bowl? I think Scott said it well. I mean, we don't know. We don't know nothing about nothing. I mean, we can look at these teams, have all these opinions, but until we see these teams play, especially with no preseason now, where these teams just p- basically punt on preseason, we have this weird fourth week where there's no game. Uh, there's really no rhyme or reason. As we saw the other night, I mean, look, if you told somebody, hey, you can have the Rams plus 20 and a half, how much would you have put on the Rams? So be very careful week one. Uh, I do like Carolina. I mean, look, it pays to listen to Visa. I gave him out plus four over the summer. I did buy back on Carolina. Uh, plus or point or so, I think it's about a pick them now. So to me, this is a good teaser piece. If you can still get the one and a half up to the seven and a half, um, should be a close game, low scoring game, low total. So uh, I think right now the Browns are probably a good teaser piece if I had nothing in pocket. Scott's got a prop uh, prop play, he says, or a prop recommendation on Baker Mayfield to throw a pick. And that was minus 120, right? It was around minus 120 a couple okay. of days ago. And, and well, kind of the reason I was looking at that is obviously the Browns are going to be geared. They want to you know, take some frustrations out on Baker Mayfield from when he was there. And I keep saying to Matt, in fact, that they better exercise the big D discipline of their own and not got, not get too caught up in that stuff. But he's mm-hmm. thrown almost a pick every every game he's played in at the NFL level. And they're going to come after him. And he makes some weird decisions from time to time. Not that he can't make a weird decision or two in this game, make a mistake or two and still win. Uh, but I thought that was a decent prop there if you're going to play props. I'm not a big props guy, but Baker to throw a pick. Yeah, I could uh, I could definitely buy into that. And uh, I don't play a lot of overs on these props, but I would look at his over passing yards. I think it's in the 215, 220 range. Again, shop around for the best number because he's going to be throwing it. And that leads to your handicap where, hey, if he's going to be throwing it, chances are he's got to throw a pick at some point. Uh, but I think he's going to be throwing it, even if they're up seven or 10 late. I mean, he's going to take a shot late to try and stick it to the Browns. So I think he's going to be very aggressive. You're going to see Baker uh, highly motivated here uh, to stick it to his old team. And uh, I think he's getting a little bit of a bad rap. I've never been the biggest Baker fan, but. He's a decent quarterback. He's in that 15 to 20 range. Uh, he certainly, I don't think, did himself any favors by trying to play through that shoulder injury. So be interesting to see what he uh, what he can do here for the Panthers, who have a pretty good roster, decent defense. McCaffrey, when he's healthy, um, in a wide-open NFC, I, I sort of like the Panthers here, and they're over 6.5. I think he can get them like 3, 4 to 1 to make the playoffs. I'm pretty high on the Panthers this year. All right, here's a pro tip for you. Don't be the guy who made this bet. This is from DraftKings on Twitter at DK Sportsbook. Big bet alert. A better has put $1,000 on the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl at 100 to 1. Do you like that bet, how, Scott? Do you hate that? How do bet? these books stay open? How does it happen? <laughs> <laughs> if the guy who put it down has a $10 million bank account, then I've got no problem with it. <laughs> right, I mean, seriously, right. it's like, oh, Giants are going to be better this year. I like Brian Dable. I like what's going on on defense, but they're not getting my money uh, to win a Super Bowl. But uh, again, it depends on the bankroll of the person that's putting the bet out there. I mean, mm-hmm. 1000 bucks. To him, taking that shot might be like 10 bucks to the average Joe who's walking in to make a bet, but uh, I, he should just like donate it. I mean, <laughs> I start one of the Super Bowl. Give it to the Children's <laughs> Hospital or something there like you that. Don't, you don't have to donate it to the bookmaker. <laughs> it's uh, 101000 back in your pocket if the Giants do win the Super Bowl. Let's talk about their opener, uh, William Hill. Giants as dogs in uh, Nashville. Do you like the Giants against the Titans or not? I do. You could talk me into Giants plus five and a half. I bet them at five and a half. Uh, maybe there's some sixes out there. I'm not so sure about winning the Super Bowl at 100 to one or 1,000 to one or whatever it is. But to me, this is a bet against the Titans as much as anything. I just don't like their passing game. They're going to be missing A.J. Brown uh, this season where Tannehill's a guy that needs play action. And 
know, Henry now is going to finish this season at age 29. He had 800 touches between 2019, 2020. He's certainly gotten older. I think last year his production was there. That's just because uh, he got the ball so much. So to me, Tennessee, look at him last year. They were a one seed, but they were outgained in terms of yards per play on offense versus yards per play allowed on defense. I think they'll take a big step back this year. And I think the Giants, look, they'll be healthier. The receivers will be healthy. Dable will give them a big boost in terms of coaching. Maybe you get something out of Barkley here. Uh, I like the Giants here. I think this is a close game. Give me the Giants plus the points. You know, Will, I'm with you on this one. This is one of the three plays that I made this week was the New York Giants plus the points. You mentioned you know some some great reasons why to back the Giants in this game. I'll tell you also, remember last year, they came, and I'm not the first person to point this out, but they came within three points of a sweep over the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Raiders, and the Saints. They went three and one in those games, and they're a better version this year than they were last year. And, and again, this Tennessee offense, I'm not crazy about. I like the hiring of, of Wink Martindale as far as the D.C. will. I think that's a really good hire that can help make this team even better and harass Tanny Hill a little bit more. Your thoughts on, on the hiring of Wink Martindale? Yeah, and you throw in Martindale and really Dable, too, because you don't really have any film on Dable. He doesn't have any tendencies. It's his first, you know, it's like a pitcher you've never seen before. You don't know what pitch he's going to throw and what counts because he's never seen a pitch before. So uh, no tendencies on Dable. Martindale, we know he's, you know, got a great rep as a defensive coordinator. He'll blitz you coming off the bus. He'll put the Giants in good positions. And they've just been so undercoached these last few years, really since Coughlin left, between Joe Judge and Garrett and Shermer a few years ago. To me, the Giants finally, I think, have an adult in the room in terms of the coaching staff. So I think the Giants get a big boost here in terms of the coaching on both sides of the ball. Well, you're also involved in the Patriots-Dolphins game, the game, of course, being played in Miami, where the Dolphins have oh, padded some bankrolls over the last several years when they're hosting the New England Patriots' eight-and-two spread run. Obviously, different circumstances than this particular game. Last check, Miami laying three-and-a-half total around 46-and-a-half. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think I'm on a little bit of an island here with the Patriots, but I'm okay with that. Uh, I'll take the Patriots here in a division game. I'm getting the hook here with the three and a half. I think I have the better coach. I think I have the better quarterback. Look, discount Bill Belichick at your own risk. I'm just going to, I just have the belief you don't make money betting against Bill Belichick. I don't buy this idea that the Dolphins own the Patriots. I know they swept them last year, but the first game of the season they met, Patriots outgained them significantly. They fumbled inside the 10, lose the game, okay? They, they meet up. Final game of the season, Patriots had nothing to play for. Miami wins an ugly game. So I'm just not buying this idea that Miami owns New England. I know New England has gone there and struggled uh, in the past, but a lot of times that's in the middle of the season. You go from playing in the freezing cold to Miami where it's hot and it's humid. Uh, to me, close game, field goal game. I will buck the trend here. I will take the three and a half with New England. All right, William Hill with us, Vsin Capper at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Let's keep it in the AFC. How about Steelers? And Bengals, if you remember last year, the Steelers opened on the road against the Bills as uh, big dogs and won that game, uh, I think 23-17 in Buffalo. How about Steelers catching seven now here at Circus Sports? Steelers plus seven against the Bengals. Are you biting on that? I do like the Steelers, and that's why you don't bet a six and a half until you absolutely have to because right. who knows, a seven might pop up, and a seven has popped up, which I'm kind of surprised about. And this is not going to be a popular take. I love Burrow as a player. He's gotten a little overrated. I watched some of his playoff games last year and went back and rewatched them. They won because of the defense. They won because of the kicker. The ball kind of bounced their way. Burrow did not do a whole lot. Now, he's a good player. I'd want him on my team. Everybody would. But he hasn't played all preseason. Tomlin, from everything you read, runs a very physical training camp. So I think they'll be ready to go. And this game's in Cincinnati, but it's in Ohio. The Steelers travel very well. The Steelers are going to have a million fans at this game. I don't put a lot of significance in terms of the whole field. I think it'll be a very divided crowd. Give me the Steelers here, plus the points. 
Tomlin's great as a dog. I'll take uh, Pittsburgh here plus the seven. Got about a minute, Will, for this final uh, game. Raiders and Chargers, obviously a real big game in the AFC West to kick things off this season. And the Chargers surprised Matt and I that they've gone to three and a half from three, the total at 52. Yeah, I'm getting flashbacks because I had a tie at a big number last year, the final game of the season, which was just an all-time classic. But the Raiders have a lot of weapons uh, to cover. And when the Chargers now don't have J.C. Jackson, it's hard to cover the, the Raiders when you have all your weapons. Adams, Renfro, Waller. The Chargers typically struggle against tight ends. We know Waller's a big-time player. Again, this is a situation. The game's in L.A. The Chargers are the home team. But this is going to be a pro Raiders crowd. You're getting over a field goal. I'll take the Raiders here. I know everyone loves the Chargers, but the Chargers always seem to find a way to screw it up, <laughs> always seem to play close games. I'll take the points here with the Raiders. Will Hill, did you get involved in any uh, NFL contest here this yeah, season? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the Survivor and I'm in the Millions, so uh, wish me luck. All right, good luck, uh, because uh, the Survivor got over the $6 million guaranteed today. Yes. Derek Stevens got six, I'll say 6,133 entries in the Survivor Contest, there's an overlay of uh, a little bit more than $1.25 million in the Millions Contest. So uh, that's great value uh, for the players. Uh, Will, we'll talk to you again next week on this show. Appreciate your contributions, and uh, good luck in week one. Matt, our Yankees just can't seem to blow the division. They're trying, but every time they're about to blow it, they win a game. Appreciate you guys having me on. See Keep you the faith. Keep the faith. The Yankees <laughs> can blow it. They still have plenty of time to blow it. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We come back. We have more games to preview from uh, for week one. We're going to talk more about the Niners and the Bears. Should the Niners be on upset alert? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at 
howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Pocket Cast with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details as usual. Matt, you and Scott Sprites are back here as we continue to preview the first Sunday of the NFL season. And, Scott, I think the 49ers are going to be a very, very popular uh, play on teasers mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure how many people are really crazy about laying the points in Chicago, but I think most public bettors expect the Niners to be able to take care of business enough to win the game. Without George Kittle out there on that offense, I think Trey Lance in this road start is a risky business in, uh, in, in my estimation. Do you think the Niners should be on upset alert? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lay the points. So I know in the big picture, you and I both think the Bears stink. Yeah, they're, but that doesn't mean I played them under. Exactly. You've got to go from game to game. Tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And they've got advantages like Kittle being out, Trey Lance being named the starter, playing his first regular season game as the so-called permanent starter, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, but one of the things also that bothered me and why I couldn't lay the points on the road in week one, you know, started to rear its head in the last few weeks with that Brunskill injury that I've mentioned before uh-huh. up front at center. And you know, if he's out, then you're talking about three new offensive line starters, a new quarterback, potentially Kittle being out of this game. All of a sudden, they drop a couple of notches. I mean, if you look at that roster, you look at that starting lineup on offense, you don't have San Francisco, you know, playing potentially for an NFC championship, obviously. So they come a little bit closer to Chicago's level at that point. Chicago's going to come out thinking they're going to win every game when they take the field, you know, the very first time. And and yeah, their talent level's way down. And you got a quarterback who's going to be on on the run for his life for mm-hmm. good chunks of every game he's in. But right now they're all fresh. And right now they got the same record as the Niners and everybody else <laughs> in the league. Uh, so they can come out here and win and they can get some excitement going for this organization. I do think San Francisco finds a way to win this game, Matt. Uh, but again, I, I don't want nothing to do with lane seven. I, I don't have any teaser plays in week one. I, I never have teaser plays in week one. I usually have a couple of two-team NFL teasers as the season progresses, usually starting about week three. 
Uh, but if I did anything at all with this game, it would be maybe, maybe tease them down to one, you know, if you're playing six-point teasers, which is what I do. Uh, but it's a good game to leave alone and take notes. See where San Francisco is with Lance without his, without his offensive line being healthy. I want to ask you, I always say you got to approach NFL handicapping a little bit differently, and uh, you got to read the betting markets. you get, you got to look at the sharp books and look at the so-called square books that mm-hmm. take more public action. What's it mean to you when you see a sharp book like Circa right behind us yeah. drop to six and a half today on the Niners? It, it makes you double. It gives you a little double take, and you gulp. You know, you got that lump in your throat all of a sudden. Uh, and I don't <laughs> like to see that. Having said that, you know what? The so-called squares win 50% of the time, too. Mm-hmm. They just lose because you got to hit 52.3%, obviously, on 11 to win 10. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, they hit about 50% of the time. I think that's a, a good pointer to say or to tell also a good betting point when it comes to football, basketball, whatever. If you really hone in on your skills as a better and you do this for a long time and you you basically turn it into almost a job or a second job, the bottom line is when you like a game, let's say that's, you know, uh, the underdogs, you know, three and it drops to two and a half. If you look at the average margin of victory away from the point spread in college football, the NFL, especially college, but also the NFL, you should like your play just the same almost. And so I get what you're saying because when I do see that, and you got to have respect for key numbers and you got to have respect for sharp books changing mm-hmm. away from square books, it does make you think a couple of times. And it has had. Uh, uh, an effect on me where I've maybe dropped a level of a play a little bit because of that. I'm looking around. I start searching who's injured. What did I miss? That's what it does the most is it creates doubt. You got to be real careful because it can't create doubt in your mind when you see that scenario taking place. Yeah, No question about it. Who's injured. It's uh, George Kittle. Exactly. Tied in for yep. the Niners. And uh, that makes a little bit of a difference in this game. Scott, when you look at DraftKings and the quarterback props in this game, you know, we were talking about Derek Carr, Justin Herbert up there around 270 passing yards for props. Justin Fields is 196 and a half, and Trey Lance is 200 and a half. Hmm. I like unders on both. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. You look at low totals and uh, yeah. probably still like the unders, right? I mean, what's, do they have a rushing stat on Trey Lance? Because he might be doing a little bit more of that with that mm-hmm. offensive line banged up. The total in the game is 40 and a half, and Chuck Edel, who's in the uh, Circa Friday Football Invitational, his uh, best bet is uh, under okay. the total in the Niners Bears game. It does look like it's going to be an ugly offensive yeah. game. And again, I like the unders that you mentioned on those on those player props with both of these guys. Mm-hmm. Fields has nobody around him to protect him or to throw to for the most part. And in this game, the strength of the San Francisco 49ers uh, throughout the season, but especially in this game with the injuries we mentioned on offense, is going to be the defense, no doubt about it. And they should be able to get to Fields, and they should be able to maybe even force him into a couple of mistakes. When I play an under that's around 40, 40 and a half, my biggest concern, and this doesn't get me off of that under, and I think Chuck's got a real sharp play here, the thing that gets me off the under sometimes is, do I have a quarterback in this game who could potentially make mistakes that gives the other offense a short field? Mm-hmm. And that does come up in this game with both of these quarterbacks, but especially with fields, but I still think it's a solid play. And I would look to bet those kind of props, passing props, passing yardage props, receiving props, those kind of things under the total to kind of coincide with Chuck's play. Okay, uh, as far as the Saints go, you were asking me about player props last night, and I looked through them and I said, you know, maybe Jameis Winston is being undervalued a little bit mm-hmm. in the market because if you look at the weapons around him now with Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave, uh, Alvin Kamara right. is going to be out there. He's not going to be suspended. The Saints have some big-time weapons on this offense. Jameis Winston's passing yardage prop at DraftKings is only 225 and a half. I think this is a, an offensive could really uh, potentially light it up. And don't forget, Kamara catches a lot of passes out of the backfield, too. Uh, so uh, I wonder if Jameis Winston is set to have a big season. 
How do you cap the Saints and Falcons? I don't like to play road favorites, right. and this is a division game, so I'm not going to lay the points with the Saints on the road, but I do think the Saints offense has got a chance to be pretty good, and I like a couple of additions they made on defense as well. I like the Saints a lot more than the Falcons, but this is a game I threw out early. I said, I hate the home dog. I'm not going to lay the points with the road favorite. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, and including, and most importantly, the fact that I decided not to take the points with the Atlanta Falcons in this game. I'm just passing it all together. I'm not going to be on either side or on the total. I'm a little concerned, and I want to watch how they handle Armstead being gone from the offensive line uh, for New Orleans. That's a big question mark there. If you're Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, not only you know are you looking at a different quarterback that you've been used to for all these years, you've got receiver issues, obviously. You've got Ridley, who's gone. Drake London gets injured, you know, that's your top draft pick. You're kinda, you kind of drafted him instead of going after offensive linemen because you need to fill the role of Ridley right. to a certain extent that he gets hurt. I, I could see this game staying under that 43, but I just want to take notes on this game because you've got you know, a situation where, again, I want to see how that offensive line plays for Jameis Winston in front of him, not at the same strength level potentially that they were last year. All right, now let's talk about Jaguars and Commanders. These are not the sexiest games on the card tomorrow, mm-hmm. but we got to talk about every game. So let's talk about this one. <laughs> uh, Chuck Esposito, Red Rock Sportsbook Director, was on with us in the first hour tonight. I said, name the three worst teams in the NFL, and he said the Bears, the Seahawks, and the Jaguars. Do you put them in that category? And also Carson Wentz in his first season with the Commanders. He had 27 TD passes, seven interceptions last year for the Colts. His numbers were not bad. He just... Uh, couldn't win the big games at yeah. the end of the season when he had to. Colts lost his home favorites to the Raiders. They lost on the road, ironically, to the Jaguars to finish the season. Uh, I don't have a play on this game either. What about you? I, you know, it's funny because I, I kind of disagree. I don't think they're one of the bottom three teams, but yeah. I'm trying to think of a team that I want to put in those bottom three. And I don't. I, I would not want to have to make a living off the difference, on my opinion, on the Jaguars and Chucks and their bottom three. I don't because, think they're a bottom three team either. Yeah, I think they're, you know maybe fifth, sixth, somewhere in that neighborhood. Could be a bottom at, six know. team. Yeah, yeah, bottom six team, maybe not a bottom three. But, <laughs> right. And I like them a little bit of this game. They almost mm-hmm. made my card. They really did uh, against Washington as far as my number of side bets that I have uh, this particular week. As I mentioned, I only have uh, three. But Carson Wentz was about as bad as it gets a couple of times for Indy last year, not overall from start to finish. I like the Washington defense quite a bit, especially up front. So maybe the under 44 is the way to go. I just don't like this Washington offense at all. So mm-hmm. I do kind of like the Jags, even though they're only getting, what, two and a half, I think it is right now. Yeah, it's dropped from uh, three to two and a half. So you had some uh, sharp play, we'll call it, on the Jaguars uh, plus three. What do you expect to see from Trevor Lawrence in year two? Because his rookie year, I guess you could kind of toss it out. It was the Urban Meyer uh, experiment that uh, failed miserably, and uh, you kind of want to write that off, just kind of draw a line through it for Trevor Lawrence. Do you give him a fresh start? I give him an A-plus for being able to deal with all that crap yeah, that was man. going on in a very professional mm-hmm. manner because he could have – it was a nightmare, obviously, and he could have folded and he didn't. Uh, what he has better going better for him this year besides the coaching staff is he's got Travis Etienne at running back. Mm-hmm. He's got a guy he could hand the ball off to, maybe dump off to when, you know, in, in tight situations when the defense has given him just a little bit of time to get the pass off. And so I think ATN helps a little bit. I, I think I, I do like Trevor Lawrence. I hope he makes that jump because I really admired the way he handled last year's situation. Urban Meyer, the next coach of your Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, that? I think they go to a Big Ten title <laughs> game the first year and they're looking for a new coach by year three or four. So there you go. You'll be happy to get that Big Ten title game if <laughs> well, that happens. Lincoln, yep. <laughs> right now you're just trying to beat uh, Georgia State. Oof. Huh? Southern. Georgia Southern. Even yeah, worse. Georgia Southern. Hey, Scott <laughs> Kellen. 
NFL handicapper, Las Vegas contest winner, is on deck. Scott's got five plays he likes here in NFL Week 1. Stay tuned, VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. On VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VEASAN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VEASAN, show host and guests, 24-7 video, season prep. That includes our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season. Pro tools, pro tips. Sign up on our discounted football special and give VSIM Pro access to everything we do now, all the way through the Super Bowl for only $175, or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year. Go to vsim.com slash subscribe and become part of the sports betting network. Scott Spreicher in studio with me here at Circus Sports. Scott Kellen. Halfway across the country, I believe you're in Minneapolis tonight. Am I wrong? Where are you tonight, Scott? Um, Milwaukee, Matt. Oh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. Close. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee is uh, where we're going to start this segment with you, at least in your neighborhood there, and talk about this Packers-Vikings game. Scott's got a uh, prop, a player prop he's going to mention on this game. But there seems to be some sharp interest in the uh, Minnesota Vikings here, and that's one of my contest plays this week. Uh, Scott, what are you going to play here with the uh, Packers as short road favorites against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of a conditional play for me. I actually have played this, maybe jumped the gun a little bit early, but I played over 46.5 and make the number uh, in the low 50s. Uh, but it's really conditional on uh, David Bakhtiari and Elton uh, Jenkins, the two tackles playing. They're both questionable. I think they'll play, but... Um, hearing some things today, it could be a little bit questionable, and I think they need those guys uh, to really, you know, function offensively. Obviously, they lose Devontae Adams. I think the big story for the Packers here that people don't really talk about, assuming Bakhtiari and Jenkins come back, they're getting five starters back who lost where they lost 55 games played to those guys last year. Bakhtiari, Jerry Alexander, their best cornerback. Jenkins, obviously. Robert Tunyon, who I think is going to get a ton of activity, the tight end, mm-hmm. and then center Josh Myers. So, uh, you know, average points scored in the league right now, about 46. Let's just say this number is basically at average points scored. You've got two top 10 offenses. I think this Viking offense is very good. Uh, the Viking defense, probably middle of the road. They tried to shore that up uh, over the offseason. Uh, Packer defense potentially could be top five. Uh, you got to see it first, but this defense could be very good. But I think both these offenses can be very good. Yes, you got a lot of receivers here that are going to be new for Aaron Rodgers, uh, but they're going to be able to run the ball. They got very good running backs. But this is, for me, it's all based on Bakhtiari and Jenkins playing. Uh, even if I can get 70% of what they you know, were before they got hurt. Uh, interestingly enough, Jenkins got towards ACL on this field last year. But if they're both good to go, then I like the over 46 and a half. It's a key number. I play it up to 47, which is uh, obviously a very key total. Uh, but it's just simply playing the numbers for me. I think there's a little bit of value on the over. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Sixth Sense NFL, former Las Vegas contest winner. And uh, Scott's been on with us on uh, VSEN from the beginning, really, for about five years, handicapping the NFL. Scott, how about Alan Lazard 
his injury, it looks like he's not going to play for the Packers. You take out the number one wide receiver. How does that impact your handicap on the game? And then, Scott, you can talk about how maybe it, uh, I guess, impacts the player prop on Aaron Rodgers you were talking about playing. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's factored in. You know, I'm using player rating, so obviously factors in. They've got Sammy Watkins. We'll see how the rookies do. You know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a guessing game uh, how well Rodgers can play with those guys. I mean, they, nobody played in the preseason, of course. Um, but, you know, Rodgers is just one of those quarterbacks. He's so good that, uh, you know, he's kind of made a living making receivers probably better than they really are. I'm banking on that a little bit, a uh, little bit of faith there. I think Tunyon will be huge for him. You know, he hurt his ACL at the end of October last year. So uh, he's good to go. Was not did not show up in the injury report. Um, so Lazard doesn't help the case, you know, for what I'm trying to do here. But uh, I still think they can get over this total just being an average total uh, as far as totals are scored, points are scored in the NFL. Well, then you probably kind of like this prop, and I'm not a big props guy, but we decided we were going to throw some props out there tonight. Matt and I earlier in the show – and I said he still liked Aaron Rodgers over 257 and a half yards uh, passing. And knowing that he's missing, who's supposed to be his go-to receiver now as part of that equation, still playing it over. Uh, one thing about Aaron Rodgers, and you said how he's made receivers look really good over the years. How many years, Scott, it was like year in, year out. And the NFL draft came along. They didn't go out and get a, a quality receiver really for Aaron Rodgers or at least anybody that anybody really knew much about. And yet he still went out there and played extremely well season after season. No problem throwing the football, getting the ball to receivers and almost creating receivers out of nothing, it felt like. So do you like that prop at all in this particular game against this Minnesota defense? I think potentially. I mean, I think it goes back, uh, Scott, all back to, I hate to keep saying it, but Bakhtiari and Jenkins. Sure. They, they need those guys to help protect them. If those guys are playing, you know, and like I said earlier, if they're 70% of what they were in the past, because they were both very, very good players, then I think there's a chance for that. And let's just say they, they're getting blown out, so they just get a bunch of garbage stuff in the end. You know, you can get there that way, obviously, as well. He's probably going to use his running backs, of course, to, to throw the ball to as well. So uh, it's a fairly low number at the end of the day for Aaron Rodgers, you know, as, as far as passing goes. Another game that we were kind of looking at too, Scott. I believe you're looking at the Ravens and the Jets, right? I mean, you got the Ravens laying six and a half for the most part now as, as they have come down a little bit from a solid seven. I thought I saw most places earlier in the week, total sitting around 44. But when you look at this contest between Baltimore and New York and you see Flacco's going to play and you hear a lot of the receivers for the Jets going, they, they can't wait to catch these passes because of his touch on the football. I don't know if he's going to have any time to get those passes delivered. You would think the Ravens <laughs> pin their ears back and get after him knowing that he's, you know, as immobile as it gets. Yeah, I, I like the under in this. I, I Originally, I made the number 40. Now I make it about 38 and a half with some of the offensive line injuries on both sides. Get into that for a second and a second. But uh, Marcus Peters questionable, but hopefully he comes back. Marlon Humphrey comes back. A couple guys on the defensive side that were hurt for the Ravens last year. We know what the Jets picked up in the offseason during the draft. Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson. But I don't really hear a lot of people talking about, you know, Carl Lawson and LaMarcus Joyner both basically missed the whole season for the Jets last year. Two very good defensive players. They pick up D.J. Reed, a cornerback from Seattle, as well as Jordan Whitehead, safety uh, from Tampa Bay. To add to that defense, they got a couple of great defensive tackles as well. I think as a whole, the Jets' defense can be good. Uh, it doesn't have to be great, but it can be good. The Ravens defense should be better because it's healthy. I like the fact that Flacco's playing because he's a statue back there. You know, you get Zach Wilson, he could, he could run a couple times, keep drives going. You're not going to get that out of Flacco. 
I think this will be a lower scoring game. Obviously, Baltimore's always got a chance to just run roughshod over someone. Uh, but short of that, um, I don't see the Jets scoring a ton of points here. And I think there's enough from the Jets defense to hold the Ravens and keep this game under the total. All right, let's take a look at Eagles and the Lions. Lions have a couple injuries on the offensive line. Eagles, five-point road favorites. Total of uh, 48 and a half, Scott. Yeah, I didn't play this, Matt, but I do lean to the Eagles. Number got a little bit away from me. I'd play it probably at 44 and a half maybe now. Um, but to me, this is the perfect kind of game. Uh, it's a bad team in Detroit. Philadelphia went there last year, by the way, and won this game 44 to 6. Last year, Philadelphia played nine teams that were below 500. I think we think Detroit will end up there this year. Uh, sorry, 10 games against teams below 500. They were 9-1 and one straight up, won seven of those games by double digits. And this is one of those games, uh, yes, if they get behind, then Jalen Hurts has to do a lot of things. I don't think they need Jalen Hurts to do a lot here. They can run the ball, execute their game plan here. Uh, and again, last year, and, I, and by the way, Philly probably had the best offseason of, of most, if not all, teams uh, during the offseason really adding to that defense. I don't think they'll need a lot out of Jalen Hurts, and they typically have taken care of business uh, against this type of team. What do you think, Scott? Should we talk about the Eagles? We haven't talked about them. No, not the at all. Two Only uh, two hours and 58 <laughs> okay. minutes of the three hours we, we spoke. We love the so, Eagles. Yeah, we happen to love the Eagles, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Chiefs as uh, road favorites against the Cardinals? Uh, Chiefs up to six. Some spots six and a half, a uh, total of uh, 54. What do you expect in that game, Scott? Uh, I'm expecting points. Again, kind of another conditional play here. Man, the, the Cardinals are beat up. Obviously, they lose uh, Chandler Jones last year, Jordan Hicks gone. Then they lose Antonio Hamilton, a cornerback. They go out and trade for Trayvon Mullen from the Raiders, bring him over. He's now hurt. J.J. Watt may not play in this game. I don't think he's practiced all week with a bad calf. If J.J. Watt's out and Zach Ertz plays, obviously, offensively, uh, he's a pretty good offensive player. I like this game over the total. Um, since Kingsbury got there, Arizona's been a home dog five times against uh, good offenses, above-average offenses. They've allowed an average of 31 points a game. I think Kansas City, despite losing Tyreek Hill and whatnot, I think they're still going to get some points in this game, get into the 30s. Uh, and the Chiefs are 11-2 and two over uh, as road favorites under Mahomes against above-average offenses on the road. I don't know if uh, you'd put Arizona in an above-average offense yet right now, but I think this game uh, definitely has a chance to get over the total. If Watts out, Ertz is playing, I will play it over anything under 55. Scott, in about 20 seconds, give you a lot of time here, Buccaneers in Dallas on Sunday night. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I like Tampa Bay quite a bit here. Uh, this is really more, more than anything a play against Dallas here. Tyron Smith out. They let Lael Collins, the right tackle, go at the end of the year. Amari Cooper, Michael Fialip, James Washington, Cedric Wilson all out. Randy Gregory gone. You can say a lot about the Tampa Bay offensive line, but really they got their two tackles. They bring over Shaq Mason. I think Tampa Bay is just a much better team. I like Tampa Bay in this game. All right, that's Scott Kellen. Scott, we'll see you in studio in a couple weeks. Thanks a lot, man. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, all right, you guys as well. We'll see you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace up for week one with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday night football and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to BetRivers.com. Or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. So, Sunday night football is going to be the uh, point where we kick off this segment, Scott. And uh, we talked a little bit at the end there with Scott Kellen about Bucks and Cowboys. And he says he likes the Bucks quite a bit in the Sunday night game. They've been bet up just a little bit to two and a half point favorites, total of 50 and a half. And these teams met in the Thursday opener last year. In Tampa, and Tom Brady had to drive the Buccaneers down for a winning field goal 
31 to 29, and the Bucks were nine and a half point home favorites in that one. And Dak Prescott, I think, played surprisingly good in that game against the, the Cowboys. And uh, Prescott went on to have a, a really strong season with 37 touchdown passes. If you remember last year in August, there were a lot of questions about right. his shoulder. Uh, what was Prescott going to be like? He was coming off an injury. He answered all those concerns. He does not have the same weapons in the in week one. Michael Gallup's out. James Washington's out. Amari Cooper's been traded. The offensive line has deteriorated in Dallas <laughs> uh, significantly. But the Bucks have concerns on the yeah. offensive line as well. Uh, so when you cap this game, did you come up with a play? Yeah, and by the way, they surprised everybody in, into making that a very close game to start oh, yeah. the season, to remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I did, and I, I have some concerns, obviously. I have concerns in every game, but I did use the Cowboys in the Circa and my Westgate cards as one of my five plays. Obviously, the Dak Prescott ankle situation, you know, scares you a little bit, gives you a pause for concern. The way he talks is, though, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I know players like to say that a lot, and then they go out and they're a little bit hobbled. We'll see if he's able to play, but you know he did the same thing you mentioned last August. They were talking about the shoulder issue, and he comes out and plays extremely well. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of put that by the wayside. I think Dak will hopefully be okay, and I'm going to try to trust his word and that he's okay to go in this one. Can we can we uh, expand on that a little bit for those who don't know? So Dak had on a pair of new cleats yes. at practice, yeah. and uh, they caused soreness in his ankles. Is that correct? That's what I heard. Yeah. How bizarre is that? That's extremely bizarre. So, you know, I'm going to think that he gets over, you know, wearing shoes that didn't quite fit well. It wasn't like he got landed on by a 350 pound lineman uh, at the end of camp. So I think he's going to be okay. I I saw you smiling. I knew where you were going as I was talking about the ankle issue. (laughs) When I saw that report, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Okay. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. So do I. So I'm going to throw that out of the way, like I said, and of course, you got the Cowboys' offensive line issues, as Scott Kellen mentioned, as you've mentioned, and all we hear are questions regarding the Cowboys. And I think as you know, as we look at this, we've got even more questions when it comes to Brady because at least Dak Prescott can roll a little bit out of the pocket mm-hmm. and create with his legs, give his receivers more time uh, to make some separation from the defenders where Tom Brady doesn't. He's statuesque, obviously, back there. I'm concerned with the Dallas wide receivers, James Washington, sideline cd lamb could get double teamed and so you got to worry about that and so jalen tolbert would have to pick it up he's a little bit banged up yep. so it's a situation where they got all these little nicks and these these bruises and these bumps and all that kind of stuff but the bottom line for me micah parsons leighton vander wow. demarcus lawrence against a tampa bay offensive line with three new starters in front of an immobile quarterback i didn't play them as far as a single game bet I did use them, though, in my Westgate and my Circa card. You know what's interesting, too, is uh, that game last year was 31-29, as I mentioned, so you're talking about 60 points. I think you could see a lower-scoring game on Sunday night football. We just saw the Bills and the Rams play to 41 points on Thursday night. When you look at the Cowboys, I think one thing that's got to concern you is that Zeke Elliott is uh, almost at the point of being useless. And yeah, Tony I'm Pollard, not ready to call him useless yet, but I, I said get it. almost at the point of being useless. <laughs> okay. He's not there yet, but it seems like he's headed in that direction. And Tony Pollard is the best back. I yeah. think a lot of people would agree sure. uh, for the Cowboys. But Tampa Bay had the number three run defense in the NFL last season, so I think a lot of it's going to be on Dak to make plays, but he just doesn't have the same receivers. I, I'm going to be real nice on uh, Zeke for now. Uh-huh. Maybe I won't be after Sunday night. <laughs> But I'm going to say he's he's a good change of pace back, you know. So that's that's what he okay. is now. Instead of saying he's almost useless, I'll be I'll be nice. And now if he has a bad game and he gets roughed up and he can't run the football, 
and then I'll be talking like you on Monday morning. But, you know, again, the offensive line is scary. I just think the offensive line issues for Tampa Bay are going to outweigh the offensive line issues uh, for Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I do like that. I, I just mentioned the, the, the players on the uh, Dallas defense that can make life rough on Tom Brady, where I'm not sure that the Buccaneers defense, as good as it is, will have as many chances to tee off on Prescott as, as the other way around. Right. So anyway, uh, it's on my card. You know, I got to sit there and hold my nose on Sunday night when this game kicks off and hope it comes through. All right, so the Scots are on opposite sides of the Sunday night game. Scott Spritzer likes the Cowboys. Scott Kellen likes the Buccaneers. Let's look at pro football talk and talk a little bit about power ratings because I always say when you handicap the NFL, you have to uh, use every tool in the sure. box. It's, it's really a unique challenge. I don't make power ratings on NFL teams like I do on college football or college basketball teams. I feel like power ratings on NFL teams are at least useless to me in handicapping. Uh, if you could give a pro tip, Scott, on power ratings and uh, how you use them or don't use them in handicapping the NFL, what would you say? Well, first of all, I think in college basketball, you better know how to make power ratings, no doubt, out of any sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree with you. Uh, listen, I'm a firm believer in letting others do as much work for you as possible as long as you know those people have their heads together and, and exercise discipline and are pointed in their stats in the right direction. Now, what I mean by that, and I'll give a couple of quick analysis and then we'll jump into your question. You know, when I, it used to be years ago, you'd look at wins totals when they first started becoming uh, more accessible at books. A lot of people would say, well, you know, Team A has a soft schedule. And they'll look back at last year's schedule and see who they played. Right. And then, of course, things started changing a decade or so ago. I started doing it several years ago. Others do it too, obviously, as you let the book set uh, the wins totals for all the opponents for Team A now, and you judge it off of the upcoming season and where the books have placed those numbers. And it's kind of that way to a certain extent for me when it comes to power ratings. I got a little circle of three or four guys that we talk all the time, daily basically during football season. One of the guys happens to have a real nice set of power ratings. Having said that, after week two, I'll start to look at his power ratings a little bit, but I don't really do a lot with power ratings. I I, I do a lot with some of the categories that he uses, some of the metrics to come up with his power ratings, like Mm -hmm. those EPA type metrics, which are becoming more popular, which is like, you know, metrics based on, you know, a team gains five yards, but they did they do it on third and 10 or they did they do it on third and three? So I'll look at those metrics yeah. that my friend happens to use for power ratings. But here's what's the most important thing to me, and I'm not a power ratings guy in the NFL. The most important thing to me is learning how to make point spreads a week in advance. And that same guy I talked earlier in the show who said nobody knows nothing about nothing in the first week of the season, he also said, gave me that tip in 1994-95. I'm 26, 27 years old at the time. And he goes, learn how to make lines a week in advance. Now, back then, nobody was really doing that. If you guys were doing it, you didn't really see advanced lines like at the Westgate and you know other places. And I think that is the most important thing to do. Now, I can't do it for week one. I can't really do it for week two in the NFL. But I can certainly start doing it in week four. I will have my lines made up for week four games before the week three games are played. Right. I don't want power ratings to mess that up because you got to factor power ratings every single week into your numbers. And so... I'm just looking to be as sharp as I can when it comes to lines, how I would make them, not necessarily for taking bets as the books have to do, but for my own numbers. And I think that is the best tip I can give college football or NFL. Make your lines for the next week's games before casinos come out with their advanced lines. Do it on a mm-hmm. Tuesday. Do it on a Monday, you know, a week before those games are played. And, and I think that's the biggest help that I can find when it comes to NFL or college football. You know, we could uh, have a long discussion about this because it's a little bit different to when there's so many advanced lines out there now in, in college football. Sure. But tonight, uh, when I'll go through uh, these college box scores and I'll look at tomorrow's schedule and I'm going to make my numbers 
on college football right. before I see the circuit opener. Absolutely. And, and I, that's what you got to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot more we could talk about there on how to make numbers, too, but uh, we don't have time to get into it right now. I want to take a quick look at these pro football talk NFL power ratings. And Scott, these came out the day before uh, the season opener. Mike Florio and the crew at uh, PFT put this out. Rams number one, Bucks number two, Bills number three, Chiefs four, Packers five. And you see at the bottom of the list, the Jets 31, Texans 32. You got the Bears as the third worst team in the league. Anything you really disagree with there? Now, obviously, we're not going to put the Rams at number one anymore. And do the Bucks deserve to be number two? You know, I'll say this about the Rams real quick. We talked to Danielle on the show last week, and uh-huh. we gave reasons why the Rams shouldn't be number one without actually seeing those words. Right. I, I think you should have made them top five or top six, but not number one. Here's another pro tip real quick, Matt. If I want to know a, a, a power ratings list, even though you don't use them, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Mike Palm. I want to talk to Chuck Esposito. I don't want to watch networks. With guys like Galloway who say a team should be a 30-point favorite when they're a 20-point favorite. I'll just leave it at that. And that team wins by one. Yeah. (laughs) All right, quick break. We come back. Stay tuned. Aaron Renning is going to join us, and uh, he's got several plays for week one in the NFL, and you don't want to miss that. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can all made to order, so you can all made to order, so you can all made to order. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.